Kia ora, good morning everyone. Well, it is my um, privilege to bring a reflection this morning on gratitude. And it is just a reflection, it's not a full sermon, because we have three stories this morning. So as you will be aware, if you've been around this place uh, most of the year, our theme has been story. And we have been uh, exploring the book of John. But alongside that, we've also been exploring our own stories, uh, stories of God at work in our world, in our nation, down through history, the story of the church. And we have been asking ourselves the question, how can I hold on to the story of what God has done in my life so that I do not forget it and so that I do not think that I have achieved any of the goodness in my life by the strength of my own hands? And we've grounded that from our series last year in Deuteronomy, and it has been a really great year. And today uh, we have Jose, we have Karen, and we have Amanda sharing their stories with us. So that's going to be a real blessing. And then next week we are in house churches and homes, and um, that will be the opportunity for the rest of us to share something of our stories. And we've been encouraging you to write that down. Uh, And there has been stuff emailed out. There have been bits of paper here. Um, If you need more of those, we can get them for you. But if you just haven't had the opportunity to write something down, then uh, please still turn up to your house church and you can ad-lib something on the spot. And it doesn't have to be anything profound. But if you have space, please, we encourage you to take time and write down your story because it's something important for you to hold on to and that will keep you grounded and grateful. So this morning, um, I get to share a bit on gratitude, and um, we live in this beautiful, beautiful country, amazing country. Uh, It's a nation of peace, which is not something to take for granted in our current world. Uh, We have very low levels of corruption. We have very high levels of health on the whole. Uh, Compared to most of the world, we are very wealthy. Uh, Even despite things like our high mortgage rates at the moment and our current cost of living crisis, we have so much. And yet, our mental health is in decline. As a nation, we are increasingly anxious, increasingly depressed. Uh, We reach for our phones, our coffees, our alcohol, our Netflix, um, our brunches out. We long for our trips away or the renovation of a house or the next, next thing on our list, and we dream about the good life that often just seems beyond our reach. And even in the church, we still sometimes find ourselves in the same boat. And I wonder what is going on with all of that. Like, how can we have so much and yet still be so restless in our spirits? So unsatisfying, so unsatisfied in our longings. And so my question is this morning, is there something in the Word of God to speak into this? Is there something from the way of Jesus? Is there something in Scripture that would help us in this current reality? And Libby has brought us a beautiful verse this morning from 1 Thessalonians 5, give thanks in all circumstances, and that's what I want to reflect on this morning. And I want to do that via some of my own journey over the last five years. So about five years ago, I hit a wall. I'd had a really intense decade of life. I'd got married. I had overcome a thyroid condition. I'd had three babies and a miscarriage in three and a half years. I had moved house twice. I had renovated a house. We had bought a business. I'd learned how to be a tradies admin, which is quite different to high school English teacher. (laughs) 
Um, I'd lost my mother and during a lot of that time I had overseen um, the gatherings here at MCC and in 2018 I couldn't do it anymore. Um, I needed space and I needed to rest and I was actually pretty angry about that. (laughs) Um, I didn't want to stop but my mind and my body were ceasing to function. So I resigned from work and I pulled back from many commitments and I just kept the bare essentials going. I slept a lot. I didn't like it. I didn't like it at all. But as it turns out, this season of life was a gift. I knew somehow that God was in it, and I had a sense, like it wasn't an audible voice, but I had a sense of him saying to me, if you don't give yourself a good long winter, you will never know the heights of summer, and you will never know the fruitfulness of harvest. And so I let go. I let go of contribution and participation and productivity, and success. And I slowed right down, and I gave myself a winter, dormant, no leaves on the tree. Not much evidence of life at all, bare branches. I was absent from many social events, uh, from the workplace, sometimes from church, and even from family events at times. And then, slowly, slowly, God started teaching me. And I didn't even realize it was happening to start with. But the starting point was stopping. It was stopping, ironically. And resting. And then it was noticing. And then it was gratitude. So let me talk about that a a bit. After the stopping and the resting, the noticing started in the garden because that was something I could keep doing um, I noticed I noticed a lot in the garden that I hadn't really noticed before. I noticed little things. I noticed all the different greens of the leaves and all the different shapes of the leaves. I noticed the big, fat bean as it was pushing its way through the soil with its thick stalk and then slowly uncurling itself. All these miracles that were happening in front of my eyes. And then in a very specific answer to a very specific prayer on one very demanding child day, I uh, found God leading me to a book in the public library, and I just bless whoever is on the council that chooses Christian books for libraries, uh, because The book I found was Motherhood as a Spiritual Discipline. Like, can you believe that title exists in our public libraries? Motherhood as a Spiritual Discipline. And my children were quite little still then. I had three of them, and they were young. And so motherhood was like, I mean, it still is demanding, but, you know, super demanding when they are very, very little. And this book took me my next step. It took me to seeing God in the details that I was noticing. So I was noticing, but this book helped me see God in what I was noticing. Now, mothers spend a lot of time in the ordinary and the mundane and the normal. Can I hear an amen if you are a mother or a caregiver or a grandmother? All right, okay. If you're a primary caregiver at home with small children, you spend a lot of time in the ordinary. But God is present in the ordinary and the mundane and the normal if we can find him there. And this principle is true for all of us, not just mothers. And so this book gave me some new tools or ways of finding God in the normal, like, 
Here we go. Folding laundry. The temptation is what? As fast as possible. Yeah? Get the job done. But go slowly. Feel the fabric. Notice what it's made of. Wonder, who made this? Think about who's wearing it. Who gave it to us? Maybe even pray for the person who will wear it. That's a different way to do laundry. I learn to be aware of the ground beneath me. Sounds so random just saying this to you right now. But as mothers, we are up and down off the floor all the time, picking up stuff, down with young children, up and down, and wandering from room to room and up and down stairs. The ground is something that we have under us all the time that is holding us and supporting us, which can take us to God, whose love holds and supports us. And so walking around my house all the time became an opportunity to be aware of the God who grounds me and who holds me in his love. And so the little things of every day, the laundry, the ground beneath us, can become connection points into God and his love. And then I was taken to the next stage. God knew what I needed, and he must have been in this, because in the space of one Christmas morning, from two different people, I was given three resources by a lady called Anne Voskamp, who is really the queen of the practice of gratitude. Her book, her DVD, and a study guide. And Anne Voskamp tells the story in her resources of her own childhood trauma. As a four-year-old, she witnessed her 18-month-old sister being killed in the driveway by a, um, a vehicle, a farm vehicle. And she, uh, even as a Christian, she struggled enormously to access joy and to find healing from, from that early trauma. And she was challenged one day to count 1,000 1, things in her life that she was grateful for. 1,000. And through that process, God beautifully healed and transformed her life. And her central premise is this. We are surrounded by God's good gifts. And when we notice them and recognize them as gifts and receive them as gifts, because gifts are things given in love, we become overwhelmed by all that we have. And we become overwhelmed by how loved we are. And in that space, God can heal and bring joy. And so I began writing. I began writing down gifts in my life, and I noted everything that was good and beautiful, the big things and the very small things, the insignificant and the more meaningful. And to be honest, it was really clunky at first. Uh, it took my brain time to see and register, and it kind of felt contrived to start with. I had to step myself through the process, like, oh, look at that. Uh, there's God's goodness, like it's a gift. It's, it's a sign of his love. I receive it, Lord. But it took time for it to feel more natural. I practiced it at bedtime with my kids, like I'd say to them, I want you to think of four things you're thankful for from today. And two of them can be big, but two of them have to be really tiny. And it was amazing what emerged. They'd say things like, I noticed a sparrow today, Mum, and it reminded me of Nana because she loved sparrows. Um, and I drank a, a Milo today, Mum, and the milk was so cold. It was beautiful, and I'm so thankful for that. 
And that cuddle we had on the couch today, Mum, I'm so thankful to God for that cuddle. And so these beautiful things um, emerged from my from my kids, and I kept writing as well, like 10, 20, 50, 100, 200, 300. I didn't get to 1,000. I got to 300 and something. But it was enough for something to change within me because something really shocking happened. My brain started doing it automatically. I didn't have to keep trying so hard. My mind just went there. The greenness of the spring leaves, the breath in my lungs when I was out for a run. Reggie, thank you, reminded me the other day of the word neuroplasticity. Neuroplasticity, our brains are kind of a bit like plastic that can be molded. They can change, they can adapt, they can be rewired. The way they work today doesn't have to be the way that they work in the future. And scripture reinforces this. We are quite familiar, many of us, with the passage from Romans, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. As I trained my brain to notice, to see the gifts, to receive them as signs of God's love, the training became muscle memory, new neural pathways, better ones. And then something else happened, joy. Joy happened. About three months ago, I stood in front of a bowl of bright green avocados and deep red tamarillos, and I almost wept. And it sounds so silly saying that. It sounds silly from the outside, but on the inside, the joy at the most simple little things in life was profound, that joy in the ordinary, not in anticipating a holiday or because of a promotion, or because I was looking forward to a glass of wine, or because of some fabulous meal out, joy over a flippin' bowl of fruit. (laughs) Anne Voskamp points out in her book, 1000 Gifts, that thanksgiving almost always precedes a miracle in Scripture. Thanksgiving almost always precedes a miracle in Scripture. And joy has been a miracle in mine. I did not expect that. Joy in the ordinary is the real joy in life. It's a fruit of the Spirit. It is evidence of God's Spirit in our lives, being connected to the Spirit of God. It's not dependent on our circumstances being ideal or on exciting experiences. For me, other spiritual practices have come alongside the practice of gratitude to reinforce it, slowing, Sabbath, different types of prayer, finding quiet, finding solitude more. And these are all things we are going to explore more in 2024. So this is a little heads up about where we're heading in 2024. You know, we have amazing teaching at this church and we are grounded in God's word and it is fabulous. We have wonderful teachers But alongside that, we want to bring practices that can help to anchor these teachings in our real lives. You know, information doesn't always lead to transformation. We can know lots. We can have lots of information. But it doesn't always lead to transformation in our lives. And so on this Thanksgiving Sunday, I'd like to issue an invitation to step into greater thanksgiving in your life. And I'd like to invite you to find a notebook or open e-notes on your phone and find a pen 
and keep it with you and start seeing the gifts that are around you and start writing. Write them down straight away because some people say do it at the end of the day and I guarantee you'll just do the big things. You'll, you'll miss the little things, so keep it on you. And start thinking of them as signs of God's love and being deeply grateful for them. So see if you can get to 30 or 40 in a week. That's like five or six a day. I don't think that's too hard. And try doing it for a month or two or three and see what happens. And it will probably feel clunky to start with. You'll be like, oh, where's that pen? Oh, where's my notebook? I don't know where I put it. Or, oh, my battery's dead on my phone. And there'll be things that feel like barriers. I encourage you to push through those. And it will feel more natural after a while. The practice of gratitude can change us. It can bring us closer to Jesus and more aware of him in the everyday. Why would we not want that? First Thessalonians 5:18. Give thanks to God in all circumstances. When you're washing the dishes, when you're changing baby's nappy, when you're taking out the compost. And I'm not even going to go anywhere near the how do I do that when I've got a diagnosis for cancer or something like that because that is a huge conversation for another day and my 10-minute reflection doesn't have space for that. But in the normal, in the ordinary life, thank God in all circumstances. Let's pray. We thank you, Lord, for this invitation that you give to us into thankfulness and your word is full of examples of Jesus giving thanks and you encouraging your people to give thanks. And we thank you for this invitation, not because thankfulness is just a means in the end or because you're a God that, that needs to be constantly thanked, but because you want to lead us into a closer walk with you and a closer awareness of your love and into joy and into peace and anything that will take us into that place, Lord, you are all for that, and you invite us into it. And so I pray that for each of us as we consider what we've heard today, that we will take steps towards gratitude. And Lord, that you will fill us with your joy and your presence and your peace. And that life that we've been talking about in the book of John, I came that they would have life and have it in the full life that bubbles up like a spring, like a well. That is what you promise us. And I pray we would make space in our lives to allow you to do that. It might feel like an interruption to stop our days, but God, we, we, we need that interruption. We need that pause in our lives to see you, to know you, to know we are loved. Draw us, call us, we pray, into a deeper walk with you. In Jesus' name, amen.